You know, they say that minds, like water, seek the lowest level. That seems to be exactly what's taking place in the American culture right now, and that is our culture itself, not only unraveling, disintegrating, exploding, a country without any borders, being overrun by the hordes that are coming up from Central and South America, but also we have in the Senate chamber itself, the very idea of decorum unraveling. I speak, of course, about the new Fetterman rule of the lack of a dress code. Chuck Schumer last week relaxed the standards, actually ditched the standard for a dress code, which had decorum for men to wear suit and ties, women to wear dresses with sleeves on them. Ditched that all in deference to John Fetterman, who likes to wear shorts and a hoodie, stood out in the hall to cast his official votes, but they wanted him inside the chamber, so they relaxed the rule. Call me old-fashioned, but the relaxation of the dress code in the United States to accommodate a thuggish, classless, low standard of a subculture is absolutely disgraceful. And by thuggish, I mean disrespectful. It's indecorous. Is there no institution any longer that demands enough respect that we dress appropriately? Now, on The View, for example, Sonny Hostin defended Fetterman saying, well, He's doing the work that he should be doing, so it's the work he's doing that we should be criticizing. On the other hand, Senator Joe Manson, a Democrat from West Virginia, he reintroduced a legislation, a resolution, I should say, next week. He intends to do it at least later this week or next week to reinstate the chamber's dress code, which, of course, Chuck Schumer relaxed. On the other hand, Senator Chuck Grassley of Ohio said, This rule change stinks and it's unprecedented. I'll be wearing a suit and necktie on the Senate floor as I've always done and has been expected of senators for 240 years. From the Washington Post, it is written there that Senator John Fetterman's signature outfit, gym shorts, sneakers, a baggy hoodie, helped establish his populist political brand, but the get-up veers so far into the grun zone, in fact, that the Pennsylvania Democrat probably couldn't wear it to work as a teacher in many schools or as an employee in a lot of fast food chains. Well, let me back up and just correct that Washington Post thing here for just a moment. Even though that has been the standard for many schools, that's not the standard for the children anymore in the schools, for so many of them just like to dress like they're coming right out of the ghetto into the school. And John Fetterman looks like exactly the same thing. And many teachers want to conform to the students instead of setting a high standard. Senator Susan Collins from Maine said that she was going to show up in a bikini. The Washington Post goes on to say, One would thought that with public trust in government waning, the Senate might want to avoid looking even a tiny bit more like a high school cafeteria. Instead of that, they're looking more thuggery. So what are we going to allow in the Senate? Are we going to allow also in the courtroom the judges to throw off the black robes of dignity? Are we going to say, yeah, you can wear gym shorts and some kind of t-shirt with some kind of monogram on it, saying, well, they can do the jobs anyway. They know the law. It doesn't matter what they wear. Or should we really take the respectful approach that they ought to reflect the job that they're doing, a high calling of a judge, a public elected official? 
I say perhaps we need to go back to England or what took place in England where they have to wear wigs and robes instead of going back to gym shorts or going down to gym shorts and tennis shoes. And I'm surprised that Fetterman was elected in the first place. How did that happen? Here's a man who couldn't speak, can't speak. Oh, he can defend himself wearing shorts and, and, a, and a hoodie and he can criticize other people. That's what he does best, just criticize. But as far as speaking in public oral debate, no, he can't do that at all. And yet he defeated uh, Dr. Oz in the election. That's, that's absolutely stunning and incredible to me. It maybe shows where we are as a culture reflective of what's going on in Pennsylvania or his districts in Pennsylvania than, than what really Fetterman's about. And how about the schools? I taught in the schools for a long time. Here's one of the saddest things I thought. When you have parents coming to the school and the, the child is misbehaving and acting, acting like a thug, acting like, uh, acting like they, you know, they, they shouldn't be there. They're acting like they're in some bar or something, fighting and cursing and carrying on and speaking a sexual innuendo and just uh, demeaning to the teachers. And then the parents would come up there and lo and behold, the parents would walk in with a, a bathrobe, a hairnet, and open-toed shower slippers walking in that way. I thought, and, and, and not only that, but they don't even wash them before they come. I thought, this, this is the problem. We're dressing down to the way we behave too many times instead of setting a standard that is a little bit higher. Here's how the slate addressed what John Fetterman is doing. I thought this was absolutely stunning. The Slate magazine, Christina Codrucci, Christina Cotarucci, she said, John Fetterman is getting a lot of heat for his work outfits, but ill-fitting athletic wear is frankly bipartisan. Oh, there's an argument. Bipartisan. It's bipartisan to wear gym shorts and a hoodie. Then she goes on to say, Senator Lisa Murkowski said of wearing casual clothes to work, it's a respect thing. It's like going to church in your jeans or going to a funeral in jeans. Then she continues, Christina says, the Senate as Serious as a funeral. She acted like that was a big surprise. And then commenting this way, Senator Tommy Tuberville, who is widely believed to be one of the stupidest people on Capitol Hill, is single-handedly blocking hundreds of military promotions and appointments in an effort to make it harder for soldiers to get abortions. He declared, you got people walking around in shorts that don't fly with me. Well, first of all, that's a misrepresentation of Tommy Tuberville, but I'll say this also, how about the slate calling him one of the stupidest people in Washington, D.C., simply because he does not agree with their politics of pro-abortion all the way? And isn't it interesting that Fetterman had a stroke? He can't talk. He can't address a crowd. He can't speak. He can't debate. He can't think clearly. He's been in depression. He's been in clinical situations where he's had to have attention to him, and yet they're going to say Tommy Tuberville is one of the stupidest people. This is absolutely incredible. It shows where not only the people are, but the Slate magazine is evidently also. And then here's something else the Slate goes on to say. Setting aside the question of whether the Senate should make accommodations to support the physical and mental comfort of a man recovering from a stroke and severe depression that left him hospitalized, the discourse around the lack of dress code has neglected one crucial part of the narrative. Gym shorts are quintessential American culture. Well, there it is. This is American culture, and that is it's a low standard, really not much of a standard at all. Just put a hoodie on 
and gym shorts. You can go to bed in them, then you can come out of bed and you can go right to work just coming out of bed. And of course, he doesn't even need to comb his hair. He's shaved his head bald. Have we no standards in our culture? We're not setting the standards high enough. Wearing hats at the table, wearing slop to school, talking sloppily continually, not paying attention to any kind of grammar, cursing in every other word, having bars on every corner, drinking binges that continue on. There's nothing right about any of this, nothing inspiring, nothing that causes us to inspire or aspire to a greater standard. And like I said, minds like water seek the lowest level. This is interesting also. Menswear Style magazine tells us that trends are by very nature ridiculous. This is their logging in on the Fetterman uh, dress code issue. However, they say few of them are quite as ridiculous as the practice of wearing one's jeans around one's backside with boxer shorts on full display. To those in the know, this is called sagging, a male fashion trend that has dipped in and out of popularity since the early 1990s, was first popularized in hip-hop and skate culture. But they asked the question, and it's a good question, how did something so stupid as this make its way into the mainstream? And there are plenty of rumors, they say. Well, where did it come from? One of the most widely repeated stories proposes that it was the American prison system that sagging pants were a sign of sexual availability, and this is where the trend first originated. That is what I've always heard. Another rumor is that gang members in the States took to wearing jeans in this way. It made them easier for them to conceal weapons. However, both of these, Men's Magazine tells us, is untrue. Not true at all. Menswear, uh, that is menswear style. They tell us that the real origins of the sagging fad did come from the American prison system. Now get that. It did come from the American prison system, but not as a signal that the wearer was up for a bit of action. In actual fact, prisoners were often given uniforms that were several sizes too big for them, and due to suicide prevention efforts behind bars, they were not allowed belts. And this combination, big baggy outfits and no belts, led to the inmates' trousers riding at half-mast much of the time. As prisoners were released, they continued to wear their trousers sagged, and it wasn't long before it creeped into the hip-hop dress code. But I'm asking the question, why should we allow the bottom rung of society, prison culture, why should we allow, and why have we allowed that, the grunge look, the low standards, to seep up to the top and set the standards in the United States Congress, no less? You go back and look at pictures in New York City about 1900. When people went to town, they were in smart outfits. They, the women wore dresses. The men wore dress shirts. Their shirts were tucked in. Their pants were up. The belts were on. The people were in shape. They walked around. What's happening to our culture is indicative of what's going on in the Senate. And I say, voting for one of my voice alone here at this point, we need to set the standard. I'm with Senator Joe Manchin. Let's set a standard have the sergeant-at-arms in the Senate enforce the standard back to a more formal a more formal wear in the Senate. And if John Fetterman can't handle it, then that's too bad for him. Maybe he needs to be put out of the Senate. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Patriotic Pulpit. We've been talking about 
the Fetterman dress code or the lack of dress code and the lack of decorum in the United States Senate and what Chuck Schumer, the leading Democrat and the leader of the United States Senate, the highest chamber in our country as far as lawmakers are concerned, took that dress code and allowed Fetterman to wear his hoodie, his shorts, and looking like the grunge and looking like, you know, looking like he came right out of the right out of a sleeping bag. Well, I want to turn attention for a few moments to what's going on in the churches because one of the one of the congressmen, congresswomen, one of them said something to the effect that, well, you know, you wouldn't go to church that way. You you don't want to go to school that way. You can't go to school that way, or at least the teachers can't go to school that way. They seem to can't not be able to enforce that same dress code upon the students because the students kind of control the 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 court uh, the the schoolhouse seemingly, but be that as it may, let's talk about the pulpits and what's going on at, in the churches. I think it's even sadder still that many pulpits have sought to bring themselves down to a street-style culture displaying open-toed sandals, jogging pants, t-shirts, worn by people who are standing in the pulpit representing Christ, representing the Word of God, speaking to people and telling them what the Word of God teaches, and yet dressing like thugs. It's absolutely, to me, it's an atrocity. Now, this is not to say that every time someone goes to church or someone speaks in a pulpit, they must wear a coat and tie. Or whenever you appear before a congregation, whether you wait on the Lord's table or whether you lead in singing, you must wear a coat and tie. But it is to say that when we approach God in worship, in corporate worship particularly, we ought to keep some things in mind, and that is that what I wear reflects my respect for not only those whom I'm addressing, but it shows respect for God whom I represent. So it shows respect in two different ways. And when I go, for example, to meet the President of the United States, which I've never done, but if I were to meet the governor or the president, I would dress appropriately. That would simply be showing my respect for him or her, in spite of who it may be, but I will show respect, at least in that regard. And when I'm standing in the pulpit or when I'm serving a congregation in public worship, the idea that I want to dress down to meet the thugs on the street is absolutely indecorous. It's not decorum at all. And it is this street-style culture that has taken over everything in the country. And is it, is it too much to ask that churches have some kind of standard, at least not in written form, not as part of a creed, but simply have some kind of standard that we're actually worshiping Almighty God of the universe, and we need to show ourselves respectful of Him. So in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 5, Moses encountered God at the burning bush. You recall the incident. Moses is in the wilderness of Midian, in the mountains of Midian. He was a sheep herder, keeping goats and sheep. He saw the burning bush. It was burning but not consumed. As he drew near to it, God told him to do what? Remove your sandals, remove your shoes, for the place upon which you're standing is holy ground. Now, various opinions are offered as to exactly what is the meaning of this and why it was considered to be holy ground. But the most common thought is that 
This was simply to show a sign of respect to deity. Take off your shoes. The place where you're standing is holy ground. Joshua is likewise, in Joshua chapter 5, instructed, take off your sandals, take off your shoes, when he met God appearing as a fiery form, as a soldier at a bush. That's Joshua 5, 13 through 15. Here's something else interesting. The priests in the Old Testament were required not only to bathe themselves before they came into God's presence, you can find that in Exodus chapter 30, verses 17 through 21. And by the way, what would be the meaning of that? What's, what's the symbolic action of that if it's not actually cleaning you? What, what would that mean? It would mean that you're going into the presence of deity in a special sense, and you need to show respect for that, clean yourself up, show yourself respectful, and show yourself that you have dignity or respect for the dignity of God. And so they had to bathe themselves, but also... When the priests were functioning at the altar, ascending the steps of the altar, they were required to wear shorts underneath the robes. And so here's a good idea for Fetterman. We're talking about John Fetterman. Why don't you put on a robe like a judge? Why don't you put on a, a black robe? Why don't you put on a suit? You can wear your gym shorts underneath your suit. How about that one? Well, that's what the priest had to do. They, they could... They, they didn't want to wear shorts because that was the common culture. They had to wear shorts because they ascended to the altar and they didn't want to be disrespectful to the people that were below who would be able to see up their, up their robes. And so Exodus chapter 28, verses 39 through verse 42, as they ascended the altar, they were to conform to public modesty. There is a public standard that people need to conform to, and that public standard is what we've understood in our country. That's why we have not allowed, I should say, it's not what has, we've commonly allowed people to run around without clothes at all. Now, some may respond this way, speaking about worship. Well, they say, well, God looks on the heart. He does not look on the attire. That, of course, has always been true. That was true in the Old Testament. Our clothing does not substitute for a submissive heart. Nevertheless, God demanded respectful propriety as we approach him in worship in the Old Testament period. And that would be commensurate with inward piety. And perhaps the fact that many pulpits today no longer receive much respect reflects on the fact that they're too busy trying to, trying to get down to the level and conform to the crudeness of the street and to have something in common with the people on the street than they are in common with God, whom they're supposed to represent. And the same thing regarding the Fetterman rule in Congress, the same thing regarding what we might call the Fetterman rule pertaining to the pulpits. People need to show respect and dignity for the pulpit and the occupation that they're engaged in when they preach the Word of God, when they read the Word of God to a public gathering. And the same thing is the case in the Senate as well. What, what an atrocity that Chuck Schumer has lowered the standards in Congress and made the grunge look, this look that come from the bottom, the prison system. That's where it began. Make that all, all right in the Senate. <laughs> 